Hey, this is Rish. You're listening to the second half of our weekly podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. So time to talk a little dynasty. Uh, last week we talked about quarterbacks. Uh, you know, as we're getting towards the end of the season, we're ready. You know, if you're not in playoffs, you're looking forward, uh, looking ahead to next year. Um, and so, Rish, kind of give us your um, top dynasty running back landing spots. Who are you looking at? So, where do you want your guy to go? So this is this is uh, an interesting question because I think we have a a, a few pretty good uh, landing spot options for these running backs in this class. And so the team that I picked just out of this list that we're going to go over is the Texans. They're 18th in line yards and then they're third in the NFL uh, yards per carry percentile. So that those two things make me make me think, all right, this is a good spot. Uh, Deshaun Watson draws a lot. I mean, they, the fact that they have so many offensive weapons right now and they just don't have a solid single running back makes me very, very intrigued. Um, I don't think they're too committed to uh, either Duke Johnson or Carlos Hyde. Uh, you have you have just a, a grinder in Carlos Hyde, and you have your shifty guy in Duke Johnson that hasn't shown he can take a full workload and run with it. So I think they'll be looking for a guy that can kind of do it all, where it doesn't just show your hand as soon as you have one of the two running backs in. Um, they have done a lot to upgrade their offensive line. Uh, Laramie Tunsil has been injured a little bit this season, so you haven't seen him in action, but I think next year you're going to see a much improved offensive line. You're going to have uh, dynamic Deshaun Watson there. Uh, you still have Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. And so, uh, you, you have all the pieces there that you want in an offense and you're just missing the running back, but with everything they have, with all the, all the stuff they have lined up, I think if they get the right guy that is a, a dual threat or triple threat, if you want to add blocking in there, although it doesn't matter as much for fantasy purposes, uh, if you get a guy that can run the ball well and be a good pass catcher, then I think that that player can oust uh, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson and and have a really, really solid role. We were excited about uh well not not necessarily excited but we were optimistic about lamar miller before he got injured uh and so i think i think this team is a team that's trending in the right direction offensively and in their run game they just need one one guy that can do it all and uh they don't really have that right now so i think the texans excellent landing spot uh if they if they go ahead and spend um early draft capital on a running back just i mean this draft this this running back class is stacked and so deep so yeah very excited about to see what the texans do with the running back situation this this upcoming off season <clears throat> well yeah, I'll go next. Be, oh sorry so <clears throat> no, go ahead. real quick on the texans they're not going to get a pick till like the third or fourth round i believe so they traded away their first and or they'll, no they'll get a pick in the second round they traded away a first rounder. They traded away a third rounder. So you know, as far as what they're where they're going to spend, I think they end up spending the first round, uh, the second round pick on offensive line or on a defensive back or something like that. And then the next time they'll have an opportunity to drop, grab a running back will be on sort of the back half. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they resign 
and Carlos Hyde and I, and Duke they're committed to because they spent a third rounder for him. So, um, you know, going forward, it's going to be split backfield, no matter how you look at it. Um, and I love, I mean, we all love the power, the firepower of the offense as a whole, but I think to me, um, you're going to have to have some sort of sleeper guy that you really like come into that position. And, and maybe it's like an Alvin Kamara situation where it's a loaded backfield, but he ends up winning out. Um, that's the kind of situation you're looking at going forward, um, at least from a dynasty standpoint. And yeah, that's fair. I, uh, I, I did forget about their, their uh, draft pick situation, but I mean, you have uh, <clears throat> you had you had a similar thing for the Bears this year, right? They they signed Mike right. Davis. They traded they traded away all their picks. They only had a, their first pick was a third rounder, and they went and spent on a running back uh, when they definitely definitely could have used offensive line in that situation as their team is showing. So you never know. I mean, I, I think that logically that makes sense to spend the second round pick on an offensive line, but. Uh, but who knows <clears throat> if the right player is there in the third round and, and they trade up, I wouldn't, I don't see that being out of the picture. And, uh, there's always, there's always a way to, to get rid of your running backs. Running backs are seen as very expendable. So, uh, and, and, and injury prone. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I still am very, very excited about the Texans. Um, and I think, I think one of these guys that we'll talk about in a bit could definitely win out over, um, both Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. Well, speaking of expendable and injury prone, the next running back destination that I picked out as I think as a being ideal is the Chiefs. So here you have Shady, whose contract's expiring. Uh, Damian Williams is uh, only a half a million cap hit if they cut him. Uh, I don't think that'll happen per se, but I mean, he's only on contract for another year, 2020. You got Daryl Williams still there. Then you got Darwin Thompson. Bum, 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 yeah, I've been really sad about Darwin's situation. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, you know, speaking of people spending too much to get running backs that haven't turned out, uh, I have spent a lot to get him, and he <laughs> wasn't hasn't been what I hoped he would be. Uh, I think I need to make some sort of dibs on him uh, after our nine keeper cut this year. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. so they are. 27th in line yards, eighth in the NFL running back percentile. I, I think, you know, one thing I really like and I'm excited about for the Chiefs is that they're, you know, they, <clears throat> I think that they could really make a move to just go ahead and get Kareem back. Uh, and I know Jetpack disagrees with me and I'll let him have his say on that. But here's a guy that they cut, not for any sort of reason athletically. Here's a guy who understood the system very well and was one of the best running backs in the league in it. And then he he lied to the front staff, and it resulted in him getting kicked off the team. I don't even think that they would have kicked him, personally. I don't think they would have kicked him off the team if he would have been upfront about what he did and been like, okay, I, no, I, I I did this. I, I'm sorry. I, did, I, you know, I accept responsibility. I think that he would have, um, he would have gotten... You know, had to sit the rest of the season, been on the commissioner's exempt list, and all the stuff that happened to him. But I don't think that he would have been completely booted. So I could definitely see the Chiefs go ahead and going and reacquiring Kareem Hunt. That said, speaking of Kareem Hunt, we have seen running backs whenever the whole workload has gone to them, and you know, it's it's definitely a coaching staff who's in the past put one guy in charge of all the runs, all the receptions out of that backfield. They're not in any way, a traditional committee coaching staff. So I think that 
the Chiefs can definitely, excuse me, <coughs> got a little choked up there thinking about how much I miss Kareem. Yeah, not uh, emotional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that I think the Chiefs are are definitely going to be whoever lands there. If you can get a decent talent there. And I do think that they're very good draft evaluators at running back talent. So whoever can land there, if you can get a guy who can make the basic, it has the upper level reading skills, being able to uh, process and analyze uh, run blocks and, and be able to, to follow run blocks and also be able to catch the ball because they're in their scheme with their RPOs and the different types of things that they like to do, uh, being able to get running back out of the backfield too. Uh, if you can get somebody who can do that stuff, you're going to have a top end running back. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer of um, the Chiefs' offense as well. I, we've seen Damian Williams do well with a load. We've seen Lashawn McCoy do well with a load. Like it doesn't necessarily matter who it is, right? Just as long as one guy gets the volume, he's going to succeed. So um, that that premise has been the same, and it will be the same for as long as Andy Reid is there. Um, but to me, I don't think that there's a chance that Kareem Hunt re-signs with the Chiefs. Um, he's a restricted free agent, so they have to give up a draft pick, I believe, um, to yes. go get him. And you know, because of that cost, where you know now we're retrading on a guy uh, that we broke up with or that we cut. You know, it's like going back to your ex-wife, you know, after she cheated on you, <laughs> and being like, "Hey, let's get back together again." You know, I'll give you. This. And people do that do all that. the time. And, and people do that all the time, but they don't do that when there's just as good of options in the draft, or, or there's, or they've <laughs> met somebody else that they think is just as attractive. Or but they just have, as they definitely have not met anyone else. Um, <laughs> and, now well, they, so, they might be prospectively getting yes, on the, the, right, the tenders right. and swiping around in the draft. Yeah. But people, right now, people the, the people that they've been seeing are not suitable for the task. This is true. People, people go back to their ex-wife when they're like 50 and their prospects have dwindled significantly, and the Chiefs are not that. They're still like in their 20s, and they're like, oh, no, we're still pretty hot. You know, We can match up with some other hotties. So, yeah, I think that's kind of what we're dealing with here. I would not expect them to go back to Kareem Hunt at all. So, it, yeah. I, have a, I have a question, though. How much has Darwin Thompson been put in the friend zone? Yeah, you know? no, it's, it's like, let's get off of Darwin. Uh, but it, it's like <laughs> salt in the wound, man, but – I will say one thing that, that you, you have whenever you go back to your ex-wife, your, whoever it is, your ex, is that you already have that chemistry. You already have that relationship. The, the, you know what you're getting. You, you know the kind of ins and outs of what that person is like, the, the, their favorite foods, their, the way they interact with family. You know how that's going to pan out. You don't have to worry about that stuff. So I do think that that's much more viable of a landing spot, and I don't. But I, I, it doesn't matter who the landing spot is. I, I think that the Chiefs, as soon as they make a move to acquire someone and put that person in the driver's seat of that running back, you know, position for the Chiefs, I, I think that that person is going to be a top five running back. There were a lot of metaphors in there. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I wanted to make that metaphor for Brooks because I, you know, I think that. There's, it's good to have both sides to it. And I, you know, people get back together with their exes all the time. But we've never seen that in the NFL before, have we? Well, it's a pretty unique situation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. So. It would have yeah. to be like the Ravens going back and um, re-signing. Yeah, right, uh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what I would, was going to say. And he, he got uh, blacklisted from the entire league for the incident. I would say that his was objectively worse. Than well, this yeah. situation, <laughs> I think so. Um, 
I'm not saying that Kareem Hunt is a good situation at all. I, I'm <laughs> saying it's very bad, but uh, I am saying that Ray Rice is, was worse. What do you think about Kareem if he stays with the Browns? Mm. Uh, good. That's a good option. He's an RB, low-end RB2. Yeah, I, he's put up like 15 points a game. It's, it's, I say mm, because uh, yeah, he is, and I say mm, because I'm I see the potential, right? Yeah, I see the I top five or top six yeah. running back potential, yeah. and he does need the volume, and he does need the type of offense that's going to be able to utilize a skill set because he is a diverse skill set. So, uh, yeah, no, I, it's tough. He should just go to the Patriots. You know, I do think that the Patriots could Gross. go for him, and it would be a good spot. I, I will say that. Oh, we would go ape. A dream Dude, situation. We would go wild for that. Yeah. The Kadream. RB1. <laughs> Kadream Hunt. There you go. Uh, so my favorite landing spot is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, similar to why Rich likes the Texans and similar to why Brooks likes the Chiefs is those offenses are built and they're powerful. Um, they can throw the ball whenever they want, um, and they really are just looking for that uh, rushing asset. So um, to me, that situation is a little bit more comfortable than what it would be if you're going in against Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson um, and not having the draft capital. The Falcons do have that draft capital. Uh, last draft, they spent a first and a second round pick on offensive linemen. So those, I mean, those guys haven't played well. Um, they are 28th in line yards. So that's the offensive line performance or the offensive line's ability to, to help the rusher produce yards. Um, they're 28th in that out of 32. Um, so it's not great, but kind of like, um, the Chargers, right? The, those those draft picks that they have spent on the offensive line, those guys will develop, and it's nice to have those already in place. And so, to me, I really like the stability of quarterback, offensive line, and hopefully they can get a new offense coordinator. But for me, um, Falcons is going to be my top spot. I think Donta Freeman has one year left or something like that, um, and so he, he at age 29 or 30, he's going to be out, and then there's no other real competition I'm concerned about. So um, if you're going to spend a second-round pick, if you're the Falcons, if you're going to spend a second-round pick, you spend your first-round pick on a defender, uh, you spend your second-round pick on a running back or your third-round pick on a running back, that guy has an opportunity to be excellent. Um, so um, that's going to be my my most excited place for a guy to land one thing to note on uh devonta freeman contract they have a potential out this upcoming season with six mil of dead cap uh but he is signed through 2022 um but they yeah they would they would have uh six mil in dead cap if they cut him after this season otherwise he's signed for another three years um if he's if he's this injury pro i mean i don't see them i don't see them cutting him per se but they could definitely take this season and renegotiate like, Hey dude, you've been injured and you're, you're not performing as well. Uh, so, so let's renegotiate this so we can keep you. Um, but so I don't, I don't know that Devonta Freeman will be out this year, but I, I definitely, right. I definitely think um, with his, you've seen, you've seen the number two running back have so much opportunity anyway, uh, whether it's Ito Smith or Brian Hill, you know, having someone that's that's a good running back that's a much better running back than an Edo Smith or a Brian Hill that player is going to be valuable even if Devonta Freeman is there so i think that's a, a great great spot for them as for uh, for running back as well yeah i think you go into 2020 you compete with Devonta Freeman you beat him out and then they cut him in 2021 it's everything you wish 
Tevin Coleman could have done there. Yeah. So we'll see who the guy ends up being, but I'm definitely excited about them. I, I think the biggest thing is they got to get Dirk Cutter out of there. Um, the, the Falcons have been so confusing to me because they like had two awesome games. <laughs> they beat, you know, they beat the saints and they played really well against the Panthers and all that stuff. And then they put up a stinker against the bucks and it's like, who are you guys? You're so frustrating. Like make up your mind on how good you want to be. And like I, I, Dirk Cutter, his running backs, he was with the Bucks a couple of years back. Um, his running backs have not performed well and not played well. Um, and so I, I really do hope they get an offensive coordinator change um, by, by 2021. Then you get really excited. We're having 2020, 2021 vision. That's right, baby. You know, that's what we're looking for. How about the Bucks and the Chargers? How about the, uh, Two guys, yeah. two teams we left out there. Jetpack. So the Chargers situationally are losing Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. So I think that's definitely a place that uh, well, and they could still technically resign both or either of those uh, players. But I, I suspect that based on their mo, that they'll let Melvin walk. I think they need to reset a little bit of their franchise, and they may even let Philip Rivers walk. It's hard for them because. What they're trying to do as a franchise is establish themselves in LA, and they—it's really hard to lose some of these players that they they can't physically lose right now, uh, because they need to be able to compete with the Rams to, you know, fill out seats. <laughs> they have to be able to fill out seats in this new giant stadium that they're getting. Um, so that, that's a really interesting one, and so I think that there's potential to you know go spend up for a running back. That's going to be the this star running back and uh, that would really establish them as a t- new, new face, establish a new face for their, their franchise as they move into this new location. And then with the bucks, uh, we kind of talked on this earlier, but Bruce Arians, he needs a guy that can catch the ball. And that's, uh, that's been why David Johnson is who he is. That's why you know who he is. So I would be really interested to see how the bucks end up, filling out. And I think that those two situations are some of the more most obvious and best opportunities for someone to have a complete full on workload to themselves, no competition. I think something that would be really interesting would be uh, Melvin Gordon in Tampa Bay. I think that's a match made in heaven. And we were kind of hoping that, uh, that he would get traded there, or at least I was hoping that he would get traded there uh, before the deadline this year. But that was not to be. So I think I think that would be a really interesting uh, match or interesting uh, match there, uh, and and would love to see. I think because I think Melv is a great pass catcher, and I think he could do really really well in that setting. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the Chargers will we'll see what they do because they weren't they weren't willing to extend uh, Melvin Gordon. We'll see. I think they'll probably keep Austin Eckler because uh, they, I mean, he's been so electric and he's been such a great slot receiver for them. He's been a great running back for them. So I think he just does so much that they would be, uh, that would be, it would be dumb for them to, to not re-sign him because he'll be less expensive than Melv and, uh, and he does so much for the team. As far as the Bucks, I think, I think you're seeing this year, they're, they're giving both these guys that they have the opportunity to be the guy and neither of them's doing it. They have to move on. So they have to get someone. And it's just the fact that they have to get someone and that someone will be better than both Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. That makes you excited because 
you you know you have someone that's going into a situation that they want to run the ball. They want to have a bell cow. They want to have a guy that that will be a great PPR back. And you know that there's little to no competition there. So uh, that's that's what uh, that's what you're looking at there. Um, the it's it's interesting. They have uh, 93 mil in cap space this year, so they have a good amount of money uh, going into this season to to sign a guy uh, like Melvin Gordon if they were to go out or or maybe trade for a David Johnson or sign a Kenyon Drake. That kind of a that kind of a move would not be out of the question for them. So uh, it will be interesting to see what they do in free agency and then also after that in the draft. Yeah, I think if you if you had a target or a frame of reference for an Austin Eckler contract, I think the Jarek McKinnon contract that the Niners signed, um, which was uh, four years, seven million a year, twenty eight million total, that that's like a good ballpark number that that I would put Austin Eckler at. Um, yeah, he's valuable to that team, so I think they'll they'll keep him moving forward and they'll let Melvin. Walk. Unless I mean, if they can re-sign Melv for less expensive than he wanted. You know, I, I don't know that yeah, it, it could be a Levy on Bell type situation uh, where where Lev wanted all this money and then ended up uh, having to accept less than he initially wanted. So we'll see. Uh, I, I think that be very I think that analysis totally overlooks the fact that they're the biggest thing on the Chargers workload right now. It's making sure they establish themselves within their fan base with Los Angeles. And they have to make a decision as far as Philip Rivers' future yeah. is concerned. If they, they are going to keep Philip Rivers, then they can go and get a running back. If they're not, then they have to get a quarterback this year. So I think it completely just depends on what they're going to do as far as their quarterback situation is concerned. If they do go and get a quarterback, then you re-sign Austin Eckler. If you don't, then you either re-sign Melvin Gordon or you go and you spend up on a brand new face that's going to be the the symbol of your 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 franchise, uh, so I think that 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 has to be that's one hundred percent in the back of the mind of, of the GM and the ownership there. So uh, that that would be the entire analysis for me. Um, there, I think they should move on. Do you think they, regardless regardless of whether they do or not, do you think they should move on from Philip Rivers at this point? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I do. Oh, absolutely. I, I do. I think they should have done it a long time ago. I think they should have been grouped for a while. Um, the problem is they have had Phil Rivers for however long. How long has it been? Eight, 17 years? Long, long time. A million 2000, years? 2004, I believe. 16 years? 15 years? Yeah. So uh, they've had him for a very long time, and they had a bunch of drama when they acquired him, and then he became... You know, uh, the he, he from a personality perspective, he in a leadership perspective, he is the guy, right? Like he he is a a fierce competitor, a uh, humble servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, <laughs> never curses, always able to get in your face and be very intense and a, a, a staunch competitor. So I think that from that perspective, it's it's hard to part ways with them, and it should have been done. It's it's like, you know, we want to talk about breaking up with somebody uh relationships since that's been the theme of this entire pod for whatever reason uh you know it's hard to to end things with someone after you've been with them for that long so it's it's hard because so he's going to be 38 next year he's an unrestricted free agent and he's been making 15 16 mil a year for the past couple years and uh in his 30 in 2015 he made 32 mil you know so this is this is a guy that it's not going to be a cheap re-signing 
right? If it was, if it was like, it's kind of been the situation for a few years like this now. But I'm, I'm just saying, if you are going to re-sign him, okay, that's it's gonna that's be a one-year deal. Yeah, that's a big financial commitment to a guy that you're, you're have for one year. You're treading water Maybe with. Yep. I think that's the issue. It's, it's a big financial commitment to somebody that you're treading water with, and you, you might as well take. You have good receivers. They're still young enough. And now it should have been done last year. Now is a, kind of the one of the last years in the window that you need to do it before Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, before those guys start to get too old. You have your you have your uh, defensive ends that are solid. You have everything. You have uh, uh, your your lockdown corner and a, a solid safety. You have everything you want. You're just missing the quarterback of the future because you have a quarterback that's fine for now, but you're missing a quarterback of the future. Uh, so, yeah, I think they absolutely should should not. They should part ways with him, definitely. Well, if they if they do go and get a, a prospect, what are some of the prospects in this class? I haven't taken the time to do my any sort of rookie running back review like I do normally. Like last last year, I did my rookie running back review where I process the top four guys. Have Jetpack? Have you you've been really breaking down all of this stuff, throwing everything up on our our YouTube for draft breakdown? Who are some of the prospects that you think have you kind of developed a tier list or anything like that as far as the incoming running back prospects are concerned? Yeah, so this is a group I'm really excited about. I think if we're going to compare a de- the amount of depth, we're comparing it to 2017. Um, that That's how deep this group is. Um, and so for me, I really like the top tier guy. My, my number one guy is going to be DeAndre Swift, and you're really picking between two guys up there at the top. So DeAndre Swift, the Georgia running back, and Jonathan Taylor are my top two backs. Um, and then to round out the rest of my top five, I have uh, Chuba Hubbard, who's Oklahoma State, Travis Etienne, who's Clemson, and Najee Harris at Alabama. So um, all of those guys I've really enjoyed watching, and they're all pretty well-rounded. We haven't seen a ton of pass-catching ability from Jonathan Taylor, but they're starting to get Chuba a little bit more involved in the passing offense. Um, But the other three guys, we've started to see um, good receiving skills from them. Um, For me, DeAndre Swift is the top guy because he's the most well-rounded. Um, and he can really do anything that you ask of him. So, um, he was the, he was a freshman when, um, Chubb and Sony Michelle were in their junior season, junior and senior seasons or senior seasons as they were, um, just getting ready to leave. And I thought Deandre Swift was the most, like you could tell even in his freshman year, Deandre Swift was going to be the best of the Georgia running backs, in my opinion, that I had seen since Todd Gurley. So I really like Deandre Swift, um, as far as the skill set that he brings to the table, he's an excellent receiver. And so to me, that that's why I'm, I'm so excited about him. I think, uh, is there anybody you guys are liking? So I think DeAndre Swift, uh, from, I was really excited about him uh, as a freshman as well. And I've kind of cooled on him just slightly. He's still probably my number one. <clears throat> I would have Eno Benjamin up there. Uh, I really love the way Eno Benjamin plays. J.K. Dobbins is another guy we have to mention as, as a potential top, top five guy. Uh, so... Uh, AJ Dillon, another guy that I, I think is uh, really, really solid. You have you have so much depth here that it's it's you can you can really put a lot of these guys in any order you want, and I'm not going to really argue with you. Uh, DeAndre Swift, from what I've seen, seems to be a little bit more of a one cut back, and uh, I, I'm totally fine with that. His his skill set is diverse enough. Um, he doesn't he shows enough processing. Where where he makes that that proper read and then gets upfield, um, but you're you're looking at kind of a one cut back there in my opinion. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 
love how he just kind of bounces off people. You're, you're definitely seeing him get more passing volume and more passing. Uh, you're just seeing him like be able to catch the ball. I think he had a one-handed catch the other day that was that was incredible. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, you're you're you love the uh, the talent of this the, of this top five, top six group here. The thing I really like about Eno Benjamin is that he his vision to me is elite, right? I think I think his vision once he's hit the hole, uh, once once he has the ball in his hand, really he's able to find the hole, and then as he hits the hole, he's able to navigate to the next to the next hole and to the next level. So he's he's constantly looking at the next level uh, to defeat players and, and defeat defenders. So I think that's what really uh, steps out or stands out about him to me. And that's the one thing that I, I really like is, is he's a great problem solver, I think is how I would, uh, how I would describe it. So he's not the biggest physical guy, but he's a great problem solver. And I think that will suit him really, really well at the next level. Um, and then another guy that that I really like, and he, I believe he's top five, maybe he's for sure top ten. I he was top five at some point in the season. Um, is Rodney Smith? He's a fifth year senior, uh, so you don't love that he's kind of old, but I think he's an excellent running back as well. I'd love to see him land in uh, a good spot. He's from running back from Minnesota, uh, so so those are. I mean, I'm I'm right with you. I can't argue with any of your your top five there. Uh, I just have I have a couple guys that maybe I would bump up. Maybe I'm a little bit higher than consensus on Eno Benjamin and uh, Rodney Smith. Um, I just think that if either one of those guys gets a shot, they definitely can start in the NFL. You know, it's not a, it's not a, for for all of these guys, it's not a. Oh, will will their skills tra- translate to the NFL? Will they be good in the NFL? It's which one of them is going to get the best shot for volume. You know, because they're right. all very good. And if you get yeah. the, that's why, that's why we talk about landing spots so much is because if you get a guy that lands in the right spot and your top seven are very comparable skill wise, then you're excited about the landing spot the most. And we talked about this last year, but that's kind of how I'm looking at it is who, who are some of the lower tier guys that could land in a great spot, you know? Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Jetpack, do you have any any follow up thoughts on that? So I think another thing that stands about that this group that's different from a lot of other groups is the speed of the guys. So yeah. Chuba oh, is yeah. a, a track star, and Etienne is flies, dude. Etienne flies and, uh, like a, a guy like uh, Keishon or Keishon Vaughn, um, Levante Bellamy. These guys are legit. They could run four threes, and you know, I mean. Just like, like true track speed from all these players, and and like Jonathan Taylor, he'll run a four four, and he's you know two hundred twenty five pounds. So you know, to me, moving forward, that's what I'm most excited about this class in terms of the uniqueness that it brings. Um, is there's a lot of speed, and the guys that are slower, like DeAndre Swift, will probably run a four five, or J.K. Dobbins might even run a four five. Um, you know, Benjamin's not going to run that fast, but those guys, um, they're 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 really athletic. There's no there's no real plotters except AJ Dillon in this in this draft class, and so um, th- that's why to me it's it's so much fun, and you, you you're like open to lots of different ideas or different ways that these guys can be applied or used or weaponized um, in an offense. AJ, AJ Dillon's an absolute monster. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, Brooks, 
let's get you lined up for this space fact. Uh, who's running the? Are we running the space fact game this week, or how, how are we doing? Yeah, this I thought you were going to send Craig out. No, no, I thought you were going to send. Uh, we want Craig in here for this. Did you know that the Earth's rotation is actually getting slower as time goes on? Oh, I didn't know that. I did, but you know what? Don't I know? Wow, that's the most arrogant thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> Low bar, but... So, what that means is every day that passes by, uh, time gets a little bit, you know, the day gets a little bit shorter? Longer. 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 <laughs> yeah. Math. So, like, the day is that. Every day that passes, day gets longer. That means the days in the past were shorter. That's what I was trying to say. Right. So... The days in the past were shorter, which means like whenever the Earth was first created, it was like spinning like a freaking really, really like a merry-go-round out of control. Can you imagine being on one of those? Like you're just like flying. What if you accidentally like flew into outer space because the Earth's rotation was just so fast? It'd be way too fast. So what I was thinking was. Do you think this has to do, do you think this contributes to global warming? No. No. Slower. They're nah, going slower. Just shooting up a ton of fossil fuels out of the ground into the air. I think that's 100% what's going on with global warming. But maybe you know, just that's just me listening to you know, the inventor of Teslas. So, but what that means? I is, got some comments know, on global warming. If we're, well, if we're ready we, for that, I talk. don't need to get into those. But <laughs> while the days while the days are getting longer, Adam Gaze's days in the NFL are getting shorter. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's good. It's not too bad. Because he sucks. <laughs> yeah. He's really coach. terrible. He's awful. I would say the same about Mitch Trubisky. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's also good. Very factual. Yeah. You know, here's a thought for you. Um, maybe the guys in the Bible times lived so much longer because the days were shorter. Oh. And so as they're counting years, they're counting, you know, they're, they're probably basing it off of, you know, how many times they see the sun, you know, all this stuff. So they don't have the same calendars, but people are considered to be older because time was faster. So there's one for you. There's That's one great. thought. Yeah. Do you get rid of daylight savings? Yeah, Brooks, what's your take on daylight savings? After, well, I live uh, in Arizona, so yeah. I think that daylight savings is stupid. I agree with the Arizonans here, and I love the fact that I can just never have to worry about messing with my clock. I don't have to leave about worry about leaving you know, the bar early or leaving the bar late. Whatever happens, happens. Not worried about that stuff at all. It's great. Good times. Follow-up question. Are you Arizonans or Arizonites? Arizonans? I like Arizona. Are you a Chicagoite? No, Chicagoan. Are you an Illinois? Illinoisan. Yeah. I don't know, but watching watching the Bears play makes me ill at night. <laughs> hmm, that's good, dude. And really, really hitting them. Really yeah. hitting them. Really. We got a win though. Only NFC North team with a win this past weekend. So. Oh yeah, you guys suck. That's the worst division. Just a bunch of soft. Losers. No, Vikings and the uh, Packers have been pretty good this year. Are you are, are the Niners in a division with the Cardinals? The 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 NFC West is hands down the best division. There's no question about it. There's two good teams. 
uh, yeah. Are there two good teams in any other division? Absolutely. That could, that could beat the Niners and the Seahawks? No. Uh, I think the what – is, uh, what is the Colts, Jags? Oh, please. Um, are you kidding me? That, that is a tough division. Yeah, because everybody's, I, like, mediocre. <laughs> Colts, Jags, Texans. I mean, come on. Titans. Last year, NFC North was the toughest division for sure. This year, yeah, NFC West. Yes. Why not? Hands down. Cardinals can beat anybody. Cardinals can't beat Jack. They couldn't. Cardinals, come on. They couldn't Cardinals beat an egg. Anybody. Cardinals could beat anybody. The, the Rams, they just, you know, they're, uh, they're okay. <laughs> they are the epitome of mediocre. They're the classic lose the Super Bowl team. Every single All right, year. Dennis, now. Every single year, to lose the Super Bowl team sucks. Second place team, something they usually don't make the playoffs. They just it's don't know crazy. what they're. They don't know they're shaken to the core. We don't know what yeah. our identity is. We the letdown. We didn't win. Emotional trauma. Put that in your spreadsheet. What? Yeah, quantify emotional. Who's got trauma. a spreadsheet? We have plenty. nerds. The nerds do. Expand the box score has plenty. Of you're one of those nerds. You invented gravity. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't invent gravity. You invented gravity? You nerd? <laughs> no, I helped it, I helped kind of discover gravity some of the premises around gravity. By the way, I really did stand at the top of the Tower of Pisa and throw two objects off the, the top. To They were weighing different things, and then they both hit at the same time, because it doesn't matter. That's how you, you know, figured we had a big argument that, back then. That you invented gravity. <laughs> Still just a theory. True. Technically, still just a theory. Like everything. Evolution is just a theory. You know what else is a theory? That uh, the global warming thing. True story. We're in an ice age and we're coming out of it. So maybe that's why the world's getting warm. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Chicago Chicago is very cold and so is the East Coast where uh, Jetpack may or may not be relocating to. Just on the East Coast somewhere. Yeah, I'm leaving my sweet home, home of Italy. Alabama? No, Tuscany. When did you start Tuscany. moving to Alabama? He's, uh, he's moving Are you going to become a Giants fan now? No. Why would he become a Giants fan? Oh, yeah. The Niners are so much more amazing. I don't know. You're going to live in New York. It's like what you do. You become that's a, like, that's like a Giants you. fan. Oh, are you, now, are you now an Arizona yeah. fan and not an Oklahoma fan? I was never. There's no old team in Oklahoma. I'm just. I'm an ASU college. fan. I'm just yeah, talking right. college. Yeah, I, I actually went to ASU. Of, I never went to OU. I'm not some sort Who's of. Cheap, not some easily purchase. You can't just purchase my loyalty with accessibility. No tent philosopher. Yeah. What Please. tent philosopher? What is that? <laughs> what does that mean? It's a story for another time, Brooks. All right, we are the fantasy football astronauts. <laughs> Brooks, you want to take this? We are blasting off again!